Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Self-love is a topic that has gotten much more attention in recent years. And many people have distinct ideas about what it really means to love oneself. Now, the second of those ideas that we'll be thinking about in this series comes from a man named Duncan Trussell. So listen to his thoughts on the importance of loving oneself. Is that if you can figure out how to love yourself, it's very similar to wiping dog shit off your shoe. Because if you have dog shit on your shoe, everywhere you go smells like shit. And if you allow yourself the delusion that the reason everywhere smells like shit is because dog shit must be on every single surface in this entire planet, then you're going to be in hell. But what a glorious moment when you look at your shoe and you're like, oh, just shit on my shoe. The entire planet isn't covered with shit. It's actually just shit on my shoe. And like in the same way, once you recognize that there's a little piece of karmic dog shit that's gotten stuck inside of your life and instead of hating that piece of dog shit by torturing the people around you manifest the same propensity you dislike in yourself you forgive that part of yourself and actively learn to love it or at least just understand that it's there because it was trying to protect you when you were a kid and it manifested as a callus to keep you from whoever was fucking with you and that's why you don't like it It'll shift a little bit, man, and you will notice a significant reduction in that swarms of assholes that were previously surrounding you. It's a fascinating thing. Suddenly people just stop bugging you as much, and that's because you've gotten into yourself and you've said, I love you, you did the best you could do, you didn't know, you were half asleep, you were fucking drunk. All right, my friend, hopefully that wasn't too hard for you to follow. But if it was, don't worry, do not sweat it. Don't be too hard on yourself. As always, I'm going to go back to the beginning of the clip and break it down, explain words, phrases, nouns, adjectives, prepositions, all that good stuff. And then we'll move on. All right. So let me move back to the beginning. All right, here we go. 
that if you can figure out how to love yourself, it's very similar to wiping dog shit off your shoe. Because if you have dog shit on your shoe, everywhere you go smells like shit. Okay, if you can figure out how to love yourself, or if you can find a way to love yourself, it's similar to wiping dog shit off your shoe. Now, of course, he's using a, uh, like a metaphor here, an analogy of some sort, trying to give you an example that you can visualize. So dog shit is dog feces, as you might have guessed. So just imagine, in real life, you got some dog shit on your shoe. And everywhere you go, it smells like shit. And what I want to explain here is the word smell, S-M-E-L-L, -L, because this word is both a noun and a verb. So I can say, what is that smell? Jesus Christ, what the fuck is that smell? It smells terrible in here. And the second sentence I just said, uh, it smells terrible in here. In that case, it's a verb. So you can say, these shoes smell really bad. This food smells delicious. Your hair smells strange. I'm using it as a verb. So going back to his, his metaphor, he's saying if you have some dog shit on your shoe that you're unaware of, you don't know it's there, you're going to be walking around and everywhere you go, you're going to smell shit. And you start thinking the world smells like shit, but really you just have some shit on your shoe. Now take that and put it in the context of just life in general. Think of dog shit as like a problem or this thing that's bothering you, this thing that's very unpleasant, but you're not aware of it. So it's inside of you and you're really not aware of it and you're going around everywhere thinking that life sucks or you're just constantly running into problems. You're constantly getting mad or irritated or whatever it is and you don't realize it's because there's this problem that you're unaware of and not dealing with. And since that problem is yours <laughs> and it's internal, you take it with you everywhere you go. That's the concept. All right? All right, cool. Let me go back a few seconds and we'll continue. If you have dog shit on your shoe, everywhere you go smells like shit. And if you allow yourself the delusion that the reason everywhere smells like shit is because dog shit must be on every single surface in this entire planet, then you're going to be in hell. All right. So if you allow yourself the delusion, I don't know why I like that word delusion. It's just something, uh, isn't there something elegant or like, uh, what's the word? I don't know. It's just something with that sound, delusion. I bet you it sounds really good when British people say it, the delusion. <laughs> anyway, if you allow yourself the delusion, with that word, I mean, a delusion is just like a false belief or a false judgment, right? You uh, think that you know what the situation is or you have in your mind that reality is this way, but it, that's not true. For example, if I walk around telling everybody I'm six foot three, 180 centimeters tall, but I'm really five foot seven, 170 centimeters tall, I would be delusional. In that case, it's an adjective. I would be delusional. So if you allow yourself the delusion, if you allow yourself to walk around believing this false idea that there's dog shit everywhere, or there's problems everywhere, or annoying people and things everywhere, you're going to be in hell. You probably know the word hell, but the basic idea in simple English is if you walk around with this problem you're unaware of, you're going to start seeing problems everywhere and you think the world is the problem, but it's just this one thing that you need to deal with and you're just not aware that it exists. You see what I'm saying? So that's the basic idea. So let's move on to the next part of this clip. 
But what a glorious moment when you look at your shoe and you're like, oh, just shit on my shoe. The entire planet isn't covered with shit. It's actually just shit on my shoe. So he says, what a glorious moment when you look at your shoe. Remember, we're in the same metaphor, dog shit on your shoe. And you're walking around thinking that every place and everything smells like shit, but it's just this shit on your shoe. And it's a glorious moment. It's a, uh, a, a magnificent moment, a splendid moment, an amazing moment, right? When you look down and you see, just imagine like, you know, in the movies or, or videos online, when something special happens and the screen starts glowing as if they're in heaven and you hear the, that's a fucking glorious moment. You know what I mean? When you, when you played, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 games this year and you won both the Premier League and the Champions League and you're the captain of the team. And finally, the game is over. Y'all are champions and you as the captain grab that trophy. Right? Everybody's waiting. Every, all the, the fucking world's eyes are on you. You hold up that trophy made of silver or whatever the fuck, platinum. What do they make the UEFA Champions League trophies out of? I don't know. You hold up that trophy and bah, the confetti starts blowing. People cheer. Everybody's jumping up and down. Only 22 of the people on the field are sad. Everybody else is happy, right? <laughs> That's a glorious moment, right? So what a glorious moment it is when you look down at your shoe and you realize, oh, the world doesn't smell like shit. The world isn't the problem. It's just some shit on my shoe, just this problem that I have to deal with. And so in the same way, when you can recognize there's a little piece of karmic dog shit that's gotten stuck inside of your life, blah, blah, blah. So when he says karmic dog shit, he's referring to karma. And so the way I understand it, if something is karmic, think of it as um, the effect of something that you have caused or the result of something that you have done. So karmic dog shit might be like the result of some bad choices you made at some point or the result of some bad circumstances that you just found yourself in. Hopefully this metaphor is still making sense for you. So you look down and you realize there's just this little piece of karmic dog shit that's stuck inside of your life, metaphorically speaking. And instead of hating that piece of dog shit, and taking out your frustration and your anger and your misery on other people, you just wipe the dog shit off your shoe. And then you can go on with your life. That's what I'm understanding from his words, all right? Let me go back a few seconds and we'll continue. But what a glorious moment when you look at your shoe and you're like, oh, just shit on my shoe. The entire planet isn't covered with shit. It's actually just shit on my shoe. And like in the same way, once you recognize that there's a little piece of karmic dog shit that's gotten stuck inside of your life and instead of hating that piece of dog shit by torturing the people around you who manifest the same propensity you dislike in yourself you forgive that part of yourself and actively learn to love it or at least just understand that it's there because it was trying to protect you when you were a kid and it manifested as a callus to keep you from whoever was fucking with you and that's why you don't like it it'll shift a little bit man and Okay, so again, instead of taking out your frustration on the people around you or thinking that the world is the problem and everywhere smells like shit, so to speak, you can look at that kind of objectively and just see, no, I have this problem that I need to deal with. That's really all it is. So then he goes on to say you can actively learn to love it or at least just understand that it's there because it was trying to protect you when you were a kid and it manifested itself as a callus to keep you from whoever was fucking with you. 
All right, how to explain this? I, I really don't understand how he connected one idea to the other, but this second part of that, of that, uh, the second part of what he said, he's referring to maybe some type of behavior that you display or some type of defensive reaction that you have to certain people or events and things like that. Just understanding that maybe that behavior is something that manifested as a callus, and a callus is like a. Uh, a hardened part of the body. So imagine if you ride motorbikes or motorcycles with no gloves constantly. Because your hands are getting sweaty and slipping and sliding across the, the rubber of the motorbike handles, eventually part of your hand, part of your palm is going to become calloused. You're going to get little calluses or blisters on the palm of your hand, that hardened, dry, just skin. Sometimes there might even be liquid in it, which is kind of uh, fucking nasty. But hopefully you can picture what I'm talking about. So that, that behavior, that defense mechanism just manifested itself as a way to protect you from maybe your, uh, your tyrannical parents or your brother who used to bully you or some kids at school or your boss, whoever it may be. You develop this defense mechanism and you're not even aware of it. I believe he's referring to something like that. So once you recognize that it's happening, you can analyze it, look at it objectively and start to deal with it. And that's when you might start to see a shift or a change in your life experience. So let me go back to the beginning of that part, play it again, and we'll continue. You manifest the same propensity you dislike in yourself. You forgive that part of yourself and actively learn to love it, or at least just understand that it's there because it was trying to protect you when you were a kid and it manifested as a callus to keep you from whoever was fucking with you and that's why you don't like it. It'll shift a little bit, man, and you will notice a significant reduction in that swarms of assholes that were previously surrounding you. Okay, you will re you will re-notice Jesus Christ, and you will notice a significant reduction in the swarms of assholes that were previously surrounding you. So, what I believe he's saying is, once you deal with some of that stuff, once you wipe the proverbial dog shit off of your shoe, you'll notice a uh, you'll notice that the the number of assholes or unpleasant people, irritating people, will become less and less, smaller and smaller. So that's what he means. You'll notice a significant reduction, which basically means the quantity or the frequency is going down. There's less now. So you'll notice a reduction in the swarms of assholes. Now, a swarm, generally speaking, what comes to mind when I hear this word is a big group of uh, bees or wasps or some type of animal or something like that. It doesn't have to be an animal because it could be a swarm of people, kind of like Duncan is saying in this clip. But typically, you'll hear that word used to describe like a giant group of bees or wasps or insects that can fly and they just come in just this big ass, you know, like a mob coming through town. And that's why you can also say a swarm of people, this big giant group of people just coming through like a mob Get the fuck out the way. Be careful. Watch out. You know, a swarm of people. So once you start dealing with your internal issues, cleaning out all the dog shit that's stuck inside of your soul, in your heart, wherever you hold it, you'll just start to notice a reduction in the number of unpleasant, irritating, or despicable people in your life or that you come across every day. I believe that's what he's saying. So let's continue. And, and you will notice a significant reduction in that swarms of assholes that were previously surrounding you. It's a fascinating thing. Suddenly people just stop bugging you as much. 
suddenly people just stop bugging you as much. Now, this really goes hand in hand with the idea of a swarm, because you'll notice a significant reduction in the swarms of assholes that were previously surrounding you. Suddenly, people will just stop bugging you. Like I said, a swarm, what comes to mind for me is insects and bugs. So if somebody is bugging you, it's another way of saying annoying you or bothering you, kind of like when you're at a barbecue, just trying to enjoy a nice cheeseburger and some french fries or some pork chops or some, some hot links, grilled chicken, whatever you do, mac and cheese. I don't know. What do y'all eat at barbecues? Um, Hawaiian rolls or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And there's just this little gnat or a mosquito or a fly or something that's just... You know what I'm saying? Just all in your shit while you're just trying to enjoy your food. That, that fly is bugging you. That bug, that insect is bugging you. But you can use this for really any context. Like your kids might be bugging you. Your girlfriend might be bugging you. Stranger on the street is bugging you, just bothering you, annoying you, disturbing your peace. Right? So suddenly people will just stop bugging you once you deal with all the internal conflict. All the external conflict just, just dissipates, slowly disappears. That's another way of expressing the idea that Duncan is expressing here. All right, now that was the last word from that part of the clip I wanted to explain. I think there's two sentences left. So instead of just playing those, I'm going to go back to the beginning of the clip and play it one more time before we continue. Is that if you can figure out how to love yourself, it's very similar to wiping dog shit off your shoe. Because if you have dog shit on your shoe, everywhere you go smells like shit. And if you allow yourself the delusion that the reason everywhere smells like shit is because dog shit must be on every single surface in this entire planet, then you're going to be in hell. But what a glorious moment when you look at your shoe and you're like, oh, just shit on my shoe. The entire planet isn't covered with shit. It's actually just shit on my shoe. And like in the same way, once you recognize that there's a little piece of karmic dog shit that's gotten stuck inside of your life and instead of hating that piece of dog shit by torturing the people around you manifest the same propensity you dislike in yourself you forgive that part of yourself and actively learn to love it or at least just understand that it's there because it was trying to protect you when you were a kid and it manifested as a callus to keep you from whoever was fucking with you and that's why you don't like it It'll shift a little bit, man, and you will notice a significant reduction in that swarms of assholes that were previously surrounding you. It's a fascinating thing. Suddenly people just stop bugging you as much, and that's because you've gotten into yourself and you've said, I love you, you did the best you could do, you didn't know, you were half asleep, you were fucking drunk. All right, now I know that's a strange way to end a clip. He says, you're... You did the best you could do. You didn't know you're half asleep. You're a fucking drunk. And then it just cuts off. <laughs> you're a fucking drunk. And that's it. No, that, that clip came from obviously a longer podcast episode. And um, this clip I found on TikTok. So it just cuts off there. So there's nothing I can, uh, nothing I can do about that. But anyway, what are the main takeaways from this part of the clip? Number one, recognizing and loving oneself is a crucial part of cultivating a positive perspective on life, right? The same way that cleaning shit off of your shoe is a crucial part of enjoying your day. You're not going to enjoy your day if you're walking around with actual dog shit on your shoe. So you might not enjoy your day if you're walking around with karmic 
or proverbial, metaphorical dog shit on your shoe. So recognizing whatever predicament you're in, hopefully you remember that word from episode 70, whatever predicament you may be in, looking at it objectively and just accepting it, or whatever your personality may be, or whatever particular toxic behavior patterns you might be exhibiting, I think, again, looking at them objectively for what they are, and maybe thinking about solutions, or at least looking for the cause of those things, is a much more productive approach than just taking out your misery on everybody else. I think that's the first idea that's being discussed in this clip. And also, not just uh, recognizing problems, but getting confused about the difference between your problems and the world's problems. You know, because sometimes external factors, whether it's the environment or politics or your job or your family or, or whatever, might be bothering you or bugging you or there might be problems that exist, but that doesn't mean they're your problems. Because so there are some people that would just walk around mad at the world. I saw a t-shirt recently, some post on Instagram, and it said, if you're not mad, you're not paying attention. Basically saying, if you're not paying attention to what's going on in um, society, or if you're not, excuse me, if you're not mad all the time, <laughs> if you're not walking around angry, it means you're not paying attention to all the corruption and the crime and how things are unfair and this and that, right? You must be asleep. And on some level, I can... I can agree or I get where they're coming from when they say something like that, whoever they are. But um, I think recognizing problems and getting emotionally invested in problems are two different things, you know? And sometimes problems that you recognize just have nothing to do with you, bro. So like using that as an excuse to just walk around mad is dumb, isn't it? Like what's, you know, why do that? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And that might not be the best example, but still, the point is, confusing the world's problem with your problems is a, is an easy way to walk around just miserable all the time. And if you're miserable, you're most likely going to be making other people miserable. You know? Um, yeah, that one, that's something to think about, bro. Like, in, like introspection. Really stopping to think how you carry yourself in this world, how you talk to yourself, how you treat other people, your outlook on life. And why they are the way they are right now. That's interesting to think about. And get the impression that we don't spend enough time thinking about that. A lot of us are just on autopilot. A lot of us, I don't remember where I heard this, but I heard somebody say once that your personality is on some level just a collection of behavior patterns. Meaning from a young age, you learned how to react to these kinds of situations in this way. And after doing it that way so many times for so many years, it just becomes what you do and you think of that as you because you're taking the action comes so naturally you don't even think about it and i'm guess i guess whoever said that that your personality is a collection of behavior patterns whoever said that believes that at some point you're really not even thinking about what you're doing you just programmed yourself or your environment has programmed you to react in a particular way in particular situations And like taking time to think about that and maybe look at the root cause of those patterns of behavior and also really spend time thinking about maybe more productive patterns of behavior. I think it's essential if you really want to make change, if you want to get that karmic dog shit off your shoe, 
Like Duncan said in the clip, you need to look down and become aware of the fact that there is shit on your shoe. Metaphorically speaking. Um, because until you can get that shit off your shoe, I mean, like, you know, you're just walking around smelling shit. Probably being repetitive at this point. I mean, I'm sure you, I'm sure you get what he's trying to say here. And that's not all he's trying to say. I actually have another clip from the same podcast episode of Duncan going into more detail about the importance of self-love. But before we get to that, I want to let you know, just in case this is your first time listening to the podcast, if you want a transcript and a vocabulary guide explaining everything you heard in this episode, all the advanced words and phrases, and also you get bonus episodes, you can click the link in the description and subscribe on Patreon. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But now let's move on to the second half of this episode and listen to another clip of Duncan Trussell talking about the importance of loving oneself. A lot of people have a very rough man. A lot of people listening to this are so fucking hard on themselves and they don't apply the exact same thing that you're saying to apply to other people to their own lives. Mm. Like so many people feel so guilty, so like they wake up in the morning and they think about some dumb fucking thing they did whenever they did it for whatever dumb reason and they feel all this guilt and they walk around like a dog with a droopy tail because they don't think they deserve love. And it, so I think that you, to get to the place you're talking about, which is a fucking awesome place, empathy for all human beings, loving everyone to the best of your ability, you got to start with the person closest to you, right? And mm -hmm. that's your you. That's your life. Like you have to figure out a way to sit down, take an appraisal of your life. Don't skip anything. Don't ignore anything. Look at the whole way that you're playing the entire game and understand that all the things that you've done that are stupid. What the fuck did you expect yourself to do? Like you're temporarily existing in a dimension that is actively destroying you in every single moment. You're not going to be perfect. Give yourself a break. All right, my friend. Now. As always, I'm going to break this clip down before we move on. So let me go back to the beginning because there are a lot of useful words and phrases to learn from this clip. So here we go. A lot of people have a very rough man. A lot of people listening to this are so fucking hard on themselves and they don't apply the exact same thing that you're saying to apply to other people to their own lives. Okay, so a lot of people have it very rough, man. 
A lot of people are so fucking hard on themselves and they don't apply exactly the same thing to their own lives. So to have it rough, I don't remember the episode number, something in the 30s, I believe. I did an episode called Quiet People Have It Rough. Maybe you've heard that one before. So maybe you already know this phrase, but just in case you don't, it basically means to be having a hard time or a difficult time. If something is rough, in many cases, it means difficult, challenging, hard, unpleasant. Right? So if you weigh, I don't know, um, 115 kilos or something, and you're 140 centimeters tall, getting into shape might be rough, might be challenging, really, really hard. If you're addicted to caffeine, getting over that addiction and letting go of the caffeine can be really rough, really challenging. Learning a language like Mandarin or Thai or Russian or English or Japanese or French. Swahili, you name it, it can be very rough, very challenging. It's really hard. You know what I mean? So a lot of people just have hard life circumstances. A lot of people are going through or dealing with experiencing a lot of shit on a day-to-day basis, stuff that we would never know about, you know? That's why I always find it amusing when I hear somebody say like uh, something to the effect of, oh, but your life seems so easy or like you have money in your bank account. At least you have a place to live. At least you have this and that. And I understand where they're coming from when they say stuff like that. Like, at least you have the basic necessities. There are millions, maybe billions of people who don't even have that. But uh, I think it's all relative, man. Just because you have a nice house and a fancy car and you make good money doesn't mean that you don't feel pain. (laughs) Doesn't mean that you're immune to psychological disorders or physical or psychological assault. Of course you are. Of course you are not, excuse me. You're not immune. Of course you are immune. Jesus Christ, I can't fucking talk. Of course you are not immune to all the same shit that all the humans go through. Just because your financial situation is stable doesn't mean that you're not going through some shit. Right? It's a famous actor that died recently. I won't say his name. Um, He might come to mind when I start talking about him, though. He died recently and he was, let's call it infamous being very happy on the screen, very entertaining. He had a funny character, but off the set, when the cameras weren't rolling, he was depressed. He was addicted to alcohol and this and that. So just because he's rich and famous and on TV doesn't mean he's not dealing with some shit. You know? It's possible he's dealing with more shit than me and you put together. I'm just saying you never know what somebody's dealing with. And that's what Duncan is saying, getting back to the clip. A lot of people have it very rough for a number of reasons. And a lot of people are very hard on themselves. And just in case you don't know, to be hard on yourself means to be overly critical of yourself, right? The same way we would say, take it easy. Take it easy on yourself means give yourself a break, calm down. Don't be so harsh, so critical, so aggressive with yourself. The opposite of that would be being hard on yourself. (laughs) I'm sure you get it, right? And so a lot of people, even if they hear somebody else say, treat other people with respect and kindness and patience and understanding, they won't apply that same mentality to themselves. They treat everybody else so kind and respectfully and they're supportive and they're great friends, but with themselves, they're like, hey, of course you fucked up again, you piece of shit. You're so fucking dumb. I knew you were going to do that. Like some people talk to themselves like that, right? And so that's what Duncan is referring to in this part of the clip. All right, let's continue. 
A lot of people have a very rough man. A lot of people listening to this are so fucking hard on themselves and they don't apply the exact same thing that you're saying to apply to other people to their own lives. Mm. Like so many people feel so guilty, so like they wake up in the morning and they think about some dumb fucking thing they did whenever they did it for whatever dumb reason. So a lot of people feel guilty to feel guilt. I said that like strangely strong guilty. A lot of people feel fucking guilty out there, man. Going through a lot of shit, you know, robbing people and the goddamn still shit. It's guilty. Um, anyway, like so many people feel so guilty. What that means to be or feel guilty it means that you feel responsible for some wrongdoing, something bad that you did, something that you should not have done. You're feeling guilt. So... The word guilt is a noun. I feel guilt. Guilty is an adjective. I am guilty. You are guilty, etc., etc. So some people are just walking around thinking about all the dumb shit that they've done, all the stupid things that they've done, all the foolish things that they've done, or shameful things that they've done. And they feel guilty about it. They feel regret. I should not have done that. I should not have said that. I'm so dumb. How could I make that mistake? I'm an idiot. I'm incapable of making the right decision. I always do the wrong thing, right? So they, they carry around all this guilt, feeling like they're bad people, like they're not good enough, things of that nature. That's what he means with this part of the clip. And they feel all this guilt and they walk around like a dog with a droopy tail because they don't think they deserve love. And it, so I think that you, to get to the place you're talking about, which is a fucking awesome place, empathy for all human beings, loving everyone to the best of your ability, you got to start with the person closest to you, right? Okay, so we're still talking about these people that feel guilty. They walk around. And you might be asking yourself, what's the difference between walk and walk around? In a more figurative, actually, let me explain the literal meaning first. So walking just means using both of your feet to travel from one location to another, right? Walking around literally generally refers to somebody who's walking without a particular destination, but they're covering a significant area of whatever place they're in. So imagine you go to a park, you might just be walking at the park and there's nothing wrong with saying that. It's totally natural. If you're walking around the park, think of the park as a circle and you're traveling on the line that would be the border of the park. You're going around in a circle. That's why we say walking around. But you're not, you don't have any particular destination. You're just traveling from this side of the park to that one, following this path. You might be going in a circular motion. You might not be, but just walking aimlessly without any particular destination. But in this case, figuratively, Walking around just means living life, just going through life. So a lot of people feel all this guilt and they walk around or they go through life like a dog with a droopy tail. Now the word droopy is not something you're going to hear every day, but droopy basically means hanging or sagging downwards. So imagine, um, give you a practical example. <laughs> That's child-friendly. Because the first example that comes to mind is not one I want to uh, give you. Um, think of like, I don't know, think of... Ah, okay, perfect. So think of a t-shirt. You're wearing a t-shirt and the part that is basically resting on your neck is the collar. 
the part through which you put your head, that hole, is usually lined with a particular kind of material. It's not, it's a distinct part of the shirt. You might put like a lapel microphone there. You might clip something onto it. Hopefully you know what I'm talking about. It's the collar of the shirt. If you pull on that too many times, or if your head is just big as fuck, <laughs> you just got a big ass head in this tiny little hole to fit it through, overstretching that part of the shirt too many times will leave your collar droopy. So now the, the front of your collar, close to your chest, is just hanging down a little bit more than it should. As if there was weight there pulling it down, but there's nothing there. It's just drooping. You know what I mean? Or like, with, like Duncan said, like the tail of a dog. Sometimes if a dog does something that it should not have done and it knows it's in trouble and you're like, didn't I tell you not to do that or no, bad dog or however you talk to your fucking dog. The dog knows that it's in trouble and it gets that kind of sad, guilty look on its face and its ears drop and its tail also drops between its legs. It's now drooping. It's hanging. Because normally if a dog is happy or excited, it's wagging back and forth. Its tail is up. You see what I'm saying? So think about yourself as a dog just walking through life with this droopy tail, feeling like you're guilty, like you just, you've done so many wrong things. You deserve to be in trouble. You deserve to be judged and criticized and, and all that negative shit. A lot of people walk through life like these dogs with droopy tails. I'm really hoping that makes some kind of sense. So let me go back a few seconds and we'll continue. They deserve love. And it, so I think that you, to get to the place you're talking about, which is a fucking awesome place, empathy for all human beings, loving everyone to the best of your ability, you gotta start with the person closest to you, right? And mm -hmm. that's your, you, that's your life. Like you have to figure out a way to sit down, take an appraisal of your life, don't skip anything, don't ignore anything, look at the whole way that you're playing the entire game. Okay, so, Again, a lot of people are walking around kind of uh, sad, feeling like they're guilty, things of that nature. And Duncan, I'm, I guess they're talking about this earlier in the, the complete podcast episode, because Duncan says, to get to the place that you were talking about, he's speaking to Joe Rogan in this case, which is empathy for all human beings, loving everyone to the best of your ability, you need to start with the person closest to you, which is you, right? You got to start with the man or the woman in the mirror, the person you see every day, the person closest to you. And you have to figure out a way to sit down and take an appraisal of your life. Now, sit down literally means to sit on some... <laughs> you know what that means, don't you, like? Fucking A, Tone. All right, to sit down means to sit in a chair, to sit on some surface. You're standing up on two feet, and then you sit down to relieve your legs. You know what that means, right? Hopefully. Um, but in this case, it's more like a, like a figurative way of speaking, to sit down and do something. It doesn't necessarily mean literally, but you can think about it in that way. You sit down in a quiet place by yourself as if you were going to study or write in your journal and you take an appraisal of your life. To take an appraisal of something basically means to evaluate it or assess it, considering every aspect of it. Now, the first example that comes to mind when I hear the word appraisal is when you're trying to sell your house. What will often happen is an appraiser which is somebody who takes appraisals, will come to your house and inspect the entire thing, the roof, the gutters, the paint on the outside of the house, the condition of the floors, the foundation, the, the backyard, the front yard, everything. And the appraiser is going to assess the value of your home. 
that appraiser is going to go to some people who would like to buy your home and say, based on my knowledge of the homes in this area, what they're selling for at the moment, this house is worth X amount of dollars. That's what it means to take an appraisal of something. So to take an appraisal of your life just means to inspect every aspect of your life and see what the hell is going on here, right? Who are you as a person, your personality, your tendencies, your goals, your toxic traits and behaviors, things that need work, things you're doing well. Look at all of it, every single aspect. And he goes on to say that. He says, take an appraisal of your life. Don't skip anything. Do not omit or do not overlook. Do not pass over anything. I want you to include everything. Take an appraisal of your life. Don't ignore anything. And look at the whole way you're playing the entire game and he's referring to life. Look at everything you're doing in this life and understand all the stuff that you've done that's stupid. Like, I mean, what else did you expect, bro? You're a human being. You didn't ask to come here. You were just born into this shit, born into a particular set of circumstances that you had no control over, and you're just learning as you go, just like everybody else. There's no instruction manual. If there were, then we could hold you to a higher standard. We could say, you should know this and you should expect that. But life doesn't come with a, a set of instructions or a playbook. You just got to figure it out. So when you do some stupid shit, instead of being super hard on yourself, it doesn't mean give yourself a pass every time you do something stupid and say, oh, well, it, it is what it is. It doesn't mean give yourself an excuse to continue being stupid. It's to give yourself a break when you inevitably do something stupid. I believe that's the point here. And that's your, you, that's your life. Like you have to figure out a way to sit down, take an appraisal of your life. Don't skip anything. Don't ignore anything. Look at the whole way that you're playing the entire game and understand that all the things that you've done that are stupid. What the fuck did you expect yourself to do? Like you're temporarily existing in a dimension that is actively destroying you in every single moment. You're not going to be perfect. Give yourself a break. All right. So he finishes his idea by basically saying, you got to give yourself a break. Because like I just said a second ago, you're going to do dumb shit. You're going to make mistakes, whether it's learning English, starting a business, trying to get a job, form relationships being a parent, Jesus Christ. I mean, you're going to fuck up. Just like everybody else on the planet is going to fuck up. I don't care who you admire the most or who you look up to, who you want to be like, that person also fucks up. Right? Routinely. The point, the idea is just that over time, you're not committing the same mistakes. You're not doing the same dumb shit. I think that is the goal overall. To, to think that you're going to walk through life at some point not making mistakes is a little silly, if you ask me. You're going to fuck up. It's going to happen. <laughs> 100%. Guaranteed. No way around it. But instead of fucking going to town on yourself and trying to convince yourself that you are, in fact, a piece of shit who's unworthy of love, just give yourself a break, man. Give yourself a break. Acknowledge the actual circumstances that led up to that event or that mistake or these conditions or whatever accept them for what they are and then just figure out what's the best way to move forward if i don't want to be here stuck in this situation what's the best way to get out of it i mean that's just a much more productive thing to do than sitting with your fucking hands by your side 
crying and complaining and bitching and moaning and shit. You know, that's not what Duncan said in the clip. I'm just riffing at this point. But that's what I think, don't you? What do you think? While you're thinking about what you think, I'm going to leave you with some more shit to think about. <laughs> Here are the main takeaways from this second clip that we just played. The first one. So many of us are so critical on ourselves. And I would have to imagine that it only got worse after all of us got smartphones and created social media accounts. Now, I'm not here to demonize social media. I'm not here to say it's bad. I don't want to take the episode in that direction. I'm just saying, I imagine it got worse once you had so many other people to compare yourself to online, so many other versions of life to expose yourself to, and all of them seem more interesting or fun or successful or productive or just entertaining than your version of life. You know, a lot of us get into that mode and we start comparing our personality, our looks, our salary, our skills, our this, our that. I'm just saying, I think that increased once we got cell phones in our hands. It's really, really, really common. And even on a deeper level, not just comparing our superficial things that we have in common or don't have in common with other people, but also thinking about just the dumb shit that we've done, the mistakes that we've made, the things that we wish we would have or would not have done or said. And we just carry that shit around with us, constantly reminding ourselves of all the dumb shit that we've done in our lives, you know? And too much self-criticism often leads to self-hatred or at least a lack of self-love. You start to cultivate a very low self-esteem. Think of yourself lowly instead of highly because all you're focusing on is the dumb shit that you've done, the things that you've done wrong. There's nothing positive about that. And when you, whatever you focus on, they, they say where focus goes, energy flows, right? Whatever you tend to focus on just starts to envelop your entire daily experience. And if all you're thinking about all the time is all the dumb shit you did, what do you expect your day to be like? Right? How do you expect to be thinking about yourself? And if you're thinking lowly of yourself, how do you think you're going to present yourself to other people? And I'm sure I'm not saying anything you don't know. It's just stuff that we tend to go long periods of time without thinking about. And you know what I want you to do when you listen to this podcast is think. So just stop and think about it. Right? Stop and take an honest assessment, take an appraisal of your whole life. Try to understand where you come from and how you became who you are today. You know, whatever you'd like to change, how are we going to make a plan to make those changes? And even more importantly, doing it in a way that's kind and respectful and patient. The same way you might do with your children or your little brother or your grandparents or whoever, your students. You got to give yourself that same level of patience and love and respect and understanding, which is a fine line isn't it? Between being compassionate for yourself or to yourself, I should say, being understanding, being patient and things like that, and just giving yourself a pass for all the dumb shit you're doing. Because at the end of the day, you're working on yourself. You're trying to become a better version of yourself. If you just stop doing the shit you're supposed to do, if you just skip a couple of days on that thing you're supposed to do every day, nobody's going to know about it. And you could easily start using this idea of self-love to justify your bullshit behavior. I see this a lot online, bro, whether it's in relationships or toxic, I mean, whatever. Let's just call them toxic behaviors. I've heard of so many people justifying just downright dumb or toxic or counterproductive behavior. 
and calling it self-love. You know? I don't think being, I don't think loving yourself means being nice to yourself all the time. Just doing whatever you think is going to please yourself in the moment. I don't think that's what it is. I think sometimes being not necessarily hard on yourself, but holding yourself accountable is a form of self-love. And sometimes if you fucking up, you got to look in the mirror and say, yo, you fucking up, bro. We need to get it together. But I've heard so many people promoting this idea that, oh, just, you know, just say it is what it is and be patient, love yourself, which sounds good, but that doesn't mean just allow yourself to keep doing the same dumb shit. That's the opposite of self-love. You wouldn't let your friend do that if you actually cared about your friend. Your friend takes off his shoes and socks and just decides to walk through fire. You're going to pull him out of that fucking fire. Yo, bro, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Come on, man, get it together. May not be the best analogy, but I'm sure you get my point. And that's what you got to do with yourself. You got to walk that line between holding yourself accountable and being overly critical of yourself. You know? That's what comes to mind when I, when I listen to this clip. Is taking an assessment of yourself is important. Being honest with yourself is essential. It's non-negotiable. But learning, I think this is something that would really be beneficial in school. And I don't mean some hold my hand, treat me like a toddler shit. I mean actually sitting people down, young people, and educating them on how their brain works. Or at least what we know about how our brains work. And the effect that words have on us and the way we talk to ourselves, the way we think about ourselves, the way the experiences affect us and change our behavior and the way we internalize things and the effect that can have on our overall life experience. Why the fuck don't we talk about this? This is not only, it's like both interesting and important, you know? And we just don't talk about it. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. You see hundreds of podcast clips about it because I think a lot of people internally know that they have these problems or they wish they could deal with these problems or they wish they had somebody to talk to about these problems, but instead they just listen to the podcast or they read books about it. Why aren't we talking about it? I don't know. This ain't some intervention. I'm not trying to start a fucking social movement or nothing like that. Just want you to think about something, bro. Just want you to love yourself. Because I think I said this in the last episode, it just, it's a consequence of all of us loving ourselves more. We inevitably love other people more. That's what Duncan was talking about in the clip. Once you start dealing with your internal shit, once you start getting your shit together, speaking from experience, I'm not talking about you, even though I'm saying you. Once I started getting my shit together, dealing with internal problems, and instead of taking my shit out on other people, just dealing with it myself, you really, I say you, I really... I really experienced exactly what Duncan was talking about in the clip. It's just like less stuff bothers you, less people, fewer, excuse me, fewer people bother you on a daily basis. A lot of shit just starts rolling off your shoulders, right? Like water off a duck's back. Just it's like, ah, it's whatever. No biggie. And you learn to differentiate your problems from the world's problems. You know, it becomes easier to tolerate stuff that used to piss you off or annoy you. You just let it go. Go with the flow. That's not a me problem. That's a world problem. That's not a me problem. That's a her problem. Right? Or they're not the problem. I just got a problem I need to deal with and fix on my own. You start to be able to differentiate these things. And life just becomes so much more peaceful. You know? When you become aware of the things that trigger you, make you angry, all those, those behaviors that you exhibit just to protect yourself, 
when you start dealing with that shit, life becomes better. I remember years ago, I was uh, in New Orleans for the weekend and I met this girl who was like uh, very nihilistic, meaning that she believed everything was meaningless. There's no God. There's no life after death. Nothing that we do matters. All this shit is pointless. Life has no meaning. I have no meaning. Nothing I say or do has any meaning. And I just, when I was talking to her, I just got this sense of deep despair of not really knowing what to do about the belief that everything is meaningless. And I don't know if this is the reason that she would do this, but she was one of those types that was just so painfully and constantly sarcastic. Anything that was like remotely intimate or serious or deep or emotional, she would have to make some type of sarcastic joke or comment to like lighten the mood a little bit. She never wanted to go in that direction of actually talking about feelings or emotions or how experiences affected her or anything. It was just, everything's a joke. I have to make everything a sarcastic joke. That could be wrong, but that's a, a decent example of something that to me is like a defense mechanism. Instead of dealing with whatever I'm feeling or thinking, I'm just going to make a sarcastic joke about it so I can overlook it and forget about it. You know? Or every time somebody disagrees with your opinions or your worldview or your perspective, you want to get into an argument. You want to fight. You want to prove that you're wrong. You want to sh or you want to prove that you're right. Excuse me. And show them why they're wrong. And you got to be aggressive and disrespectful and tear them down and all these things. It's just this toxic behavior pattern that you're engaging in to protect yourself. You feel attacked, so now you have to defend yourself. When in reality, nobody's attacking you, bro. And you might not even be aware that you're doing that. And once you become aware, you can actually deal with it and just realize how you're getting in less arguments, getting frustrated less by people. The things that they say and do don't really affect you the same way because you've dealt with all your internal shit. And by dealing with your internal shit, you are more friendly. Excuse me. You're friendlier, more respectful, more kind, more open, easygoing. It is what it is. Live and let live. You know what I'm saying? You can't get to that place until you deal with the shit that's going on in the house. Can't clean up the streets until you clean your fucking house. You know? Speaking of cleaning your house or cleaning your room, in part three of this series, we're going to be listening to Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, the one and only, talk about his ideas on self-love. So that's it for this episode, my friend. I'm going to get out of here and I will catch you in the next one, the very next episode of Real English Radio. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.